You know how Elise and Arena have that signature pose they do when they won the Ostrava doubles and now placing first and second in Linz? Yeah, you know, I was thinking we should have a pose of our own. Ooh, yes, maybe with our arms crossed and backs against each other, you know, kind of like a Charlie's Angels thing going on. I think anything works as long as we're holding on to our rackets. Hello everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Travia and Josefina. Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Stravi and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for. So we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. All right, so moving right into the episode, this is our Lens Open recap, and it is November 15th. Let's start with who the winner was. Yes, we had Arena Sabalenka win her second straight singles title at Linz, which was the last WTA tournament of the year, which is really sad, but we're going to talk about that later because don't worry, we don't want to end our WTA content with this episode, but Sabalenka has had a very successful past couple of weeks. She won both the Ostrava singles title and the Ostrava doubles title. And now she took the Linz title in the singles tournament. She didn't play the doubles tournament. So those are some three trophies coming right her way in these past couple of weeks. So she's obviously, we kind of said this going into Ostrava, that Sabalenka loves the indoor hardcourt. It suits her game really well. And she had another successful indoor hardcourt season. And in the final in Austria, she actually faced her good friend and doubles partner, Elise Mertens, um, and beat her 7-5-6-2. So it was obviously bittersweet to play your best, one of your best friends in a doubles, in a singles final, who's also your doubles partner. But um, they actually had some really sweet reactions to the results. Yeah, you would think playing your best friend for an important title, you know, that could cause some tension, but they actually took it really well and it translated onto their social media. Elise Merton says, okay, we can still be friends with some sarcastic emojis. Congrats on a good week, partner, Arena Sabalenka. So that was sweet. And then um, Sabalenka reposted that and said, love this girl. Yes, we can still be friends. Hashtag double trouble. So that's really sweet. And to prove that they're still such good friends, they ended up still even going home together. You know, a little road trip. Well, not road trip, I guess. Air trip for the friends. So that was nice. Yeah, the photo was also really cute. They did their signature, like, jump photo with the trophies. Even in the singles result, they do it always when they win their doubles tournaments, but which they win a lot of. But um, <laughs> they did it for this match, too, which was really nice to see. But, you know, their friendship is really awesome to see on the tour. I think it's always nice to see um, such close friends, and you often see that in doubles dynamics as well. So... I mean, Josefina, we like to play doubles with each other a lot. We play doubles with each other pretty much every single week. So which one of us is the Elise Mertens of the duo, and which one of us is the Arena Sabalenka of the duo? Mainly, like, personality, playing style, I don't know. What do you think? Well, what I'm thinking is that by personality, I feel like you're the Sabalenka of the two of us because she seems like the more outspoken one. 
yeah. I don't know, between yeah. the two. I get that vibe, too. I, I think, like, Sabalenka might be the more extroverted one, and Mertens is the more introverted one, but they, like, complement each other very well. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how hotter works. Exactly. Hold on to your racket. Just... <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, Mertens and Sabalenka have done really well recently. We always talk about Mertens being a very solid player. We, I remember our Western and Southern Open preview episode, which was our first ever episode of Hold On To Your Racket. <laughs> we don't talk we, about it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we talked about Elise Mertens and how she's always um, a very solid player, has great results, um, and is really dependable and always produces those great wins and some great competition and then Sabalenka who's known for sometimes being a streaky player or kind of you know she can do really really well but then she can also sometimes not have the greatest results she's won three singles titles this year which is tied with Simona Halep for the most titles won in 2020 on the WTA side of things so that's obviously very impressive that we've seen her succeed so well and I think that now that she's back into the top 10, it'll be interesting to see if she can retain that spot for longer compared to last time and if she can use this as momentum because she does have the capability and the talent to really make a big breakthrough. But I think um, we're still waiting for that to really take place in the bigger tournaments like the Grand Slams. And I mean, like the two tournaments going on last week, Sophia Open for the men and the Linz Open for the women, they had nice parallels in the endings. I mean, like Sinner, who was the Sophia Open winner we talked about in our last episode, she ended her season well. In 2019, she ended her season by winning both the Wuhan Open and the WTA Elite Trophy. And why I'm comparing this is because Sinner won the next-gen ATP Finals at the end of last year. So it creates a nice parallel for the entire tennis tour. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see some amazing stuff from Sinner and Sabalenka in 2021 as well. But looking at the tournament more holistically, we kind of discussed some of our predictions, some players we thought could make some breakthroughs. And, you know, looking back at the draw, one person who we talked about was Océane Dodin, the French player. She got to the quarterfinals at Linz, um, which was a pretty good result. And she actually had to qualify to get into the main draw. So she was had a lot of wins on her back. Unfortunately had to retire uh, versus Sabalenka in the quarterfinals, probably because she has been playing so much tennis recently. She won that recent ITF event in France. But she's also a player who we've seen steadily um, really gaining some traction and getting success. So it was nice to see her end her season on a high note, obviously hoping that she's not seriously injured. But I think that it was nice to see her breakthrough because um, you know, we're kind of like in this interesting period, I think both on the WTA and ATP side, but especially on the WTA side, where like, you have a lot of new players coming through, kind of reshuffling the decks a bit. So we can see if Dodan can find a place in that mix. And somebody else who had like a huge spike in success this season is Podoroska. I mean, she made it to the semis in the French Open. That was like an absolute dream run. It was amazing. Nobody expected her to make it that far. She was a qualifier. And then in this tournament, she made it to the quarterfinals as well. And she's just had an amazing season. And like Doden, she's kind of up and coming. And she's proving that the um, thing at the French Open was not just a one-time thing. She can really keep that success going and keep it consistent. Also, like, switching from, like, the clay court to the fast hard court, 
indoors at Linz is like a big transition because I don't think Podoroska hadn't played any matches since the French Open leading into Linz. So to transition that well and still produce some good tennis was great. And she lost to a worthy opponent. She lost to Ekaterina Alexandrova. Um, Alexandrova is kind of like an up and down player. She's another one of those really big hitters. But she actually had a lot of success at this tournament. She reached the semifinals. She actually stretched Elise Mertens to three sets in her match against her. And Alexandrova had some great wins against Georgie, against Podoroska. Um, so she's also one of those young players, I guess. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how she does. But Again, a very up-and-down player, but someone that people do talk about a lot on the WTA side. So it'll be interesting to see how she does next year. My last memory of her playing was she played a really awesome match against Kim Kleisters at the U.S. Open this year. Mm -hmm. In the first round, a lot of big hitting there. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But I think out of these three players, um, I'm most excited for Podoroska. I don't know about you. Yeah, me too. Like, that story at the French Open was just amazing and so inspiring. Yeah, because, you know, we talked about Podoroska having, like, um, steadily making her way up into the rankings through the ITF events, whatever, and then she got injured, but then to make that comeback at the French Open and do so well was actually pretty awesome. So hopefully we'll see some Argentinian success to continue in 2021 with Podoroska and, of course, one of our favorites here on Hold On To Your Racket, Diego Schwartzman. And Juan Martin Del Potro, if he comes back from injury, well. So, unfortunately, the Linz Open was the last event of the WTA season. So, we're definitely going to have a recap of the entire season coming up soon. So, just to keep you guys updated on that, we're really sad that the WTA season is over, but the ATP season is also ending pretty soon. So really just wrapping up stuff going on now on tour. Yeah, so stay tuned for our next few episodes. We do have some stuff in the works once the season is over. Um, so hopefully um, we'll get to reflect on the WTA season some more. And, I mean, the Australian Open is kind of coming up soon. I mean, it is. They have to go into quarantine and starting in mid-December, and then they start in January. So we're getting there. Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game set and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the NEDO ATP finals and updates on all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released in just a few days where we will preview the semifinals at the NITO ATP Finals. We'll be releasing a WTA season recap shortly after, so stay tuned for both of those episodes. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravia. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please... Tell your friends my name is Robert and Shavi's name is Steve. See you next time. <laughs>